It's Kirk and Callahan. I've seen a lot of finals losses for LeBron. I've never seen him so angry. I'm in a generally pissed off mood. He was furious. I don't know what JR was thinking. I don't know the question you're trying to ask. I was just trying to see if you knew exactly what his state of mind was. No, I don't know his state of mind. I can't say what he said when he was not on microphone. I prefer not to detail it because I think the conversation was meant to be mostly private. But I'll just say that LeBron felt like they got the wrong end of the stick tonight. With Kirk Minahan. Dale Arnold is getting set for his 2018 Red Sox radio day. He almost had that Sadaharu O leg kick for a while. Dale, you nervous? Why should I be? Whoa! The grass was high. The kitty litter was wet. Sandy Leone at the plate takes the ball inside and low. At that time, they might have used real kitty litter at Wrigley Field. And Jerry Callahan. Tomasi, he did four hours of Bradford last night. Horrific. Jen, absolutely. Why can't he just do four hours with Why is this complicated? Complicated. Right? When you fall, and your fall is coming, and it is going to be effing. Okay. Spectacular. Ooh. Oh my god. It will be a supernova. Am I going to make up a story, John? Wow. Mutt's on tomorrow with John Tomasi. Is that right? That is confirmed. They oh. told me you were <laughs> I didn't believe it, but you are. On Sports Radio WEEI. Oh, funny how this works. Tomasi had the balls to show up today. Tomasi walked in. No Minahan, no Callahan, no Laird even. He didn't want to be here to face you. These I guys are it. chicken bleep, Tomasi. I like what you've done with the place. I noticed the. Uh, Assistant program director's testicles hanging around the doorknob. <laughs> that was new. That's a nice addition. Those are right over there. I didn't even notice those walking in. Yeah, it's in. like a door knocker when you walk in. Knock, kind knock. Of, kind Who's of quiet, there? But it's quiet here in the morning. So you've not been, uh, do you know when's the last time you were here at this hour? Uh, February. Oh. I don't know the exact date. I don't remember. It was right before I left for spring training. Then we had a little sensitivity training, and things went a little bit off the rails. How did things take a turn? Uh, we are going to get to that at some point, because we, it needs to be discussed. Because, uh, as you said to me, you were kind of surprised to even be here this morning, based on conversations you had with people this week. Sure. Uh, so we'll get to all of that. But there is one story dominating the landscape today, and this show is about sports, as you know, getting to the biggest sports stories of the day. The entire uh, country is talking about the overnight guys were talking about it. Uh, overnight girls, Amy Lawrence is talking about it. When Dale Arnold does baseball play-by-play, play, people need to know about it. And last night, for the first time in a long time, right, Curtis? 2011. Two, so, oof, seven years. Dale Arnold in Houston calling the epic 4-2 Astros win, the game that everyone is talking about, the buzz in the building. Good game last night. It was a good game. Uh, Drew Pomerantz pitched okay, not great, but pitched okay. Probably kept his spot in the rotation. But uh, Tony Maz not going to be happy. Red Sox lost to a good team, which means their season is over. But the important part <laughs> is that our guy Dale was on the broadcast with Roger Clemens, too. Roger Clemens back in our lives, on with Dale and Keith yesterday and on the broadcast. We have uh, some... A sampling of Dale on the radio last night. Throw to the plate, slide, safe! What's wrong with that? Okay, it's one cut. I would say it's, that wasn't bad. I'm, that was good. Okay. I, yeah. that's, that's Sorry, I'm getting defensive. You've, all, I didn't say, those are my partners. I didn't now, say anything. Know. I just said I want to hear some Dale because I did not tune into the broadcast last night. I just night. know where was, this is headed. It's not headed anywhere. Just like to hear some. Wait a okay, second. Okay, fair enough. Fair Boy, enough. Boy, you're being a dink out of the gate. I would like to hear some Dale because I missed it yesterday. It was promoted as a big deal. He's in Houston. He's part of the afternoon show. He had Cora in person. He had Roger Clemens there. I would like to hear some of it. You're projecting. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're right. You're projecting you're right. some sort of anti Dale take to this. I would just like to hear some. I'm sure it was really, really good. Two balls, two strikes. The pitch from McCullers to Bradley fouls it off the plate. Yeah, he almost had that Sadaharu O leg kick for a while. Or it was almost too exaggerated. And I know Alex Cora told me that once they calmed that down, he said 
he got him in the lab, talking about the batting cage, <laughs> got him in the lab and calmed that down, and you see the results. McCullers with a 2-2 pitch, high and outside. Change up at 86. Bradley's run the count full now. Okay, you know what, actually? I'm going to stop you right there. He yeah. didn't tell Dale. He told me. That was my question. That really? That's my question to Corey yesterday. Well, well, wait a second. So, already, <laughs> Dale, Dale is taking credit for something that you said. That was my question about Jackie Bradley's leg kick. And he said, we took him into the lab and blah, blah, blah. And da- I, That was the manager's interview yesterday. And Dale, Dale said he told Keith. you. I mean, Dale just said, Alex Cora told me today. Yeah, he should have told us. Oh, just told us. How about that? Uh, right out of the gate, he's so. And I, it, it's a it's a powerful move too by Dale, new guy in the broadcast. It's a good way to sort of look. I'm here. I'm working. I'm part of the crew. To say something like Alex Cora said that to me well, makes see, it seem like Keith, an insider. Keith, he's taking Keith your rightly wanted the he wanted the show to be mentioned during the broadcast, which is you know that's smart if you're Keith. It's like uh, brand yeah. your show. You want the show mentioned. <laughs> Any promotion so of the told show, us, your show is a good told thing. Us, yes. you know, yeah. Did he? Did Dale at all? Do we know, Kyle? Did he mention the Dale and Keith show at all yesterday on the broadcast? I'm sure he did. I'm not sure. I'll look. Okay, we'll figure. Listen that out. to the whole thing because I'm sure he did. All right. So he's taking credit for your question on Dale and Keith yesterday. Any more from Dale, or is that the highlights? There's so much more from. Oh, Dale. Oh, then let's let's hear some more. Then that is the biggest. No, no one's talking about anything today. I'm watching Sports Center right now. They're going through every inning Dale did. There's no other story tonight today in Boston. Go ahead, Kyle. Welcome back to Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas. I'm Dale Arnold filling in for Joe Castiglione tonight. The starting lineups are brought to you by Wind River Environmental. Wind River Environmental is New England's leading provider of septic, grease, and drain services. For your home or business, Wind River has every septic, grease, and drain base covered. Learn more at wrenvironmental.com. That's wrenvironmental.com. Starting lineup for the visiting Boston Red Sox, and as Tim just told you a few moments ago, a late change. Okay, I, I want to ben- see. I, I would like some play-by-play. I know Dale can read lineups. I'm yeah. pretty sure the guy's been in the business forever. Yeah, that's not fair. What's I just want to feel for what is play-by-play. Right now, I don't have a feel for his style here. Is he more uh, Joe Castig? Is he? Uh, who, I'm trying to think of a newer play-by-play guy, more conversational. Joe Tessitore, yeah. for example, is going. It's supposed to be very conversational on the new Monday Night Football broadcast. They're saying it's going to be more like a talk show which I think is a good thing in 2018. So the, the lineups part I don't care about. I want, what's the broadcast like? What's the interactions like? What is he giving me every pitch? Every, what was he giving me, Kyle? 3-2 pitch, grounded right back to the mound. McCullers plays the nice high, easy hop, tosses over to first, two down. Perfect example right there. That ball hit what we call Rogers the kitty litter. And uh, it was, you know, McCullers able to make what? a play on it. Normally that ball, if that's a little bit firmer in some of the stadiums that we play in, that ball bounces or might have a chance to get up the middle, second baseman, and I have to backhand play on that. Um, you have to pay attention to it. I know when we went into Chicago and played against Maddox and those guys, ground ball pitchers, the grass was high. Sandy Leone at the plate takes the ball inside and low, ball one. At that time, they might have used real kitty litter at Wrigley Field. <laughs> they had a reputation of having the worst infield in baseball, yep. didn't they? It was, it was very uh, wet and uh, soft. Hmm. Nothing wrong there. So it sounds, Dale's a, Dale's it sounds exactly the same guy. as every other play-by-play broadcast. Yeah, but Dale's a good play-by-play guy. No, I didn't say he was. You're yeah. the one who's negative on Dale. I wasn't being negative the show on suggesting Dale. He, just, he stole your question. He stole. I, he t- he's it taking credit for your question. It's just the wording jumped out at me. Color with that knuckle curve of his catches the outside corner strike one. That's the other thing that's fairly recent. Knuckle curve. A whole bunch of folks are throwing that thing now. Yeah, the one that I really are paid they? attention to was my time in New York with uh, Mike Mussina. Moose would, uh, Moose, he had to do a unique pitching motion to go down and bend down. 
Clemens sounds like he'd been at a concert or something. His voice is a little shy. Little, uh, well, it, it was that. Late. I don't know if that was later in the game or not. If he hasn't done a lot of games in a while, yeah, maybe his kids are still playing, so maybe games rooting them on. Yeah, Clemens, Clemens was uh, back in our lives last night. People still interested in Roger Clemens. I have to admit, I'm not. I'm I'm over Roger Clemens being a factor in sort of the Red Sox life. I get that it's a good promotion for the broadcast to have him there, but I mean, at this point, when he's commenting on the Red Sox once a year, he's not really around the team that much. And I think there's probably a large percentage of Red Sox fans who never saw Roger Clemens at this point play in a Red Sox. Uniform. Yeah, sure, '91, right? Or I mean, it's been or sorry, '96. It's been forever since he was pitching here. I don't know if you heard yesterday we asked who are you most looking forward to seeing, expecting him to say Chris Sale or J.D. Martinez. He's like, Joe Kelly. Really looking forward to Oh, he loves Joe Kelly stuff. Joe yes, Kelly. I did hear that. Was I like, also heard Rich ask a very fair question of Dale as part of the – sure, you were part of this yesterday. You, you gave me your reaction. Uh, this is a pretty fair question by Rich Keefe. And I don't, Dale wanted no part of getting into his feelings before game one of play-by-play. The Split Squad Show, Dale O'Keefe, John Tomasi yep. is here you were there, with me yeah. Yeah. in Boston. Dale Arnold is getting set for his 2018 Red Sox radio debut. Dale, you nervous? Why should I be? Oh, all right. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> oh, just, just, Jeez. Jeez. Well, it's been seven years since you've called the game, and you don't have a home run call picked out, so I thought maybe you'd be a little nervous. Yeah, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. You don't script oh. everything? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I, I actually don't. Never have. You don't have something snappy to say at the end of the game if they win? I feel like that's important for play-by-play guys. Uh, no, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> all right, all right. Dale doesn't want to talk about this. It's fine. But my, we are going to circle back to it later on in the show. That's a promise. I would say my favorite was when McGuire was, you know, going for 70. Yeah. And every game, especially since he was hitting, like, home runs every other yeah, day oh, or yeah. every day down the stretch. He wanted no part of having any fun with... His first time in the booth in seven years. We we had a little Come more on, fun Dale. later on. Come on, Dale. Loosen up a little bit. With the calls later on. Okay. Well, the, right. Did, did it sound fun right there? <laughs> you were you were part of it. I can't I can't imagine the he's reaction all, he's, was. He's all business. What do you want me to say? He's in Houston. He's doing the game. Is uh, calling a split squad game, and he's right. His half the other half of his show is sitting here in Boston. You're here. He's doing the games. Can't you joke around a little bit? He Have did. Some fun he with did it? throughout the throughout that show. He did. Oh, that's just not in, just not in that segment. That's not in that particular sound left. that you cut up. <laughs> oh, no, why would I? Come on, loosen up. The whole station talked about. it I will the say day. this: you like, out there, for a guy Houston who hasn't Dale. done play Have by fun. play in seven years is pretty good. He's very good at play by play. He, I, he, I think I'm not sure about this, but I think he's done every team in Boston. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty. He's very good at play by play. Yeah, we understand. But it's just, that. it's just like. To be able to step back in after seven years, step in I and say, "Yep, impressive. screw you, Rich. I'm here. I want to like." I, there's no, there was. He just sounded angry about it instead of having fun with it. And I would think you want to have fun with it, but he I'm, didn't. He didn't want to. He did not want any of Rich's suggested home run calls. Uh, at this point, Jerry Callan is uh, punching his radio because there was an actual big sports story last night, and it's one of these stories that Jerry loves. Jerry would come in here and say. Uh, you didn't stay up for it last night, but and he would and he want to break down the entire thing. And in this case, he's right. Last night was a legitimate, you probably wish you stayed up to watch game one of the NBA Finals. And I am in that same group. Steph Curry at the three at halftime tied the game, and I thought I should probably make an effort not to, to turn the lights out here in the, the family room and lay down on the bed. I lay down on the couch. I said, I'll take a little nap <laughs> during halftime. Yeah. No. I'll be up for the third quarter. Uh, I woke up where Scott Van Pelt was talking to Mark Spears or somebody and missed the entire second half, like many of you did. It was a competitive, good Game 1 NBA Finals. An epic performance by LeBron James. 
51 points. No one's going to talk about the LeBron effort today for the most part. No one's going to talk about how close the game was. They will talk about probably two things. They'll talk about two things. Talk about an officiating call, and they'll talk about J.R. Smith. Because J.R. Smith is going to be in a million bad sports segments today on Sports Radio. Uh, of is he, is it? What are the dumbest Chris moments Weber. in sports? Uh, yeah. you're, you're mocking it. I heard it driving in. I'm going to hear it all day today on Sports Talk Radio. And in this case, it's probably warranted because with the game tied 107, in the closing seconds of regulation, J.R. Smith forgot what the score was, thought his team was ahead, got an offensive rebound off a George Hill miss free throw, dribbled the ball out essentially, and wasted three and a half of the four and a half seconds they had left. Uh, in a tie game, they get up a terrible shot at the end that's sort of partially blocked. And instead of having a chance for LeBron with the ball, final seconds to win the game, they go to overtime, get smoked in overtime. LeBron looks dead-ass tired in OT, and they lose in overtime by 10. But the story, one of the two stories, is J.R. Smith. Do we have what this sounded like at the end here, Kyle? In regulation, 107-107, J.R. Smith with one of the all-time bonehead plays you're going to see in sports. Hill misses. Rebound goes to the Cavs. J.R. Smith brings it back out. Throws it to Hill. Hill shot blocked. And will go to overtime. You get the feeling J.R. Smith thought they had the lead. He didn't know the score. I think exactly. That's a bad mistake by J.R. Smith. And LeBron James was trying to get a timeout. He was trying to get a timeout. Ty Lue should have been trying to get a timeout. We'll circle back to Ty Lue here in a second. But pretty clearly, 107 all. Uh, J.R. Smith had no idea what the score was. He awesome. thought his team was ahead. In fact, when you slow down the video, uh, you can see him saying to LeBron, I thought we were ahead. Uh, he's going to deny that here in a second, but there is no question. One of the players who gets sort of mocked around the NBA for being a a, a, a moron, uh, being a uh, marijuana-riddled NBA player, completely forgot what the score was in the final section of the NBA Finals. You have any doubt about that? None. Um, well, George shot the free throw. Um, I got the rebound. We were tied ball game. Um, we had a timeout, and I was trying to get enough space because uh, I obviously can't nope. stand it right He's there. Lying. Um, He's lying. Trying to get enough space to bring it out to get it, maybe get a shot off. And then I seen I looked, I looked over at Brian. He looked like he was trying to call a timeout, so I just stopped. And then uh, the game was over. You knew you were tied. You didn't think you were leading. No, I seen it. I knew it was tired. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. That's making it worse. It's almost like he doesn't realize the video exists of him mouthing the words to LeBron, I thought we were ahead, or I thought we were up. It's one of those two. Yeah. And you can see it slowed down. Every NBA you know, Twitter guy had it last night. He completely botched the end of that game. And, and maybe LeBron doesn't score in that spot. Maybe it still doesn't go to overtime. But that I was, mean, J.R. Smith puts that, that one right back up if he knows well, it's probably, what the it's, score it's is. It's a layup. It's yeah. a layup right there. And he might get blocked because Durant or whatever was in front of him, but you don't bring it out. And and to say, like, <laughs> you know, if you just take some accountability, so you, you just made the problem a thousand times worse. Like, it's the worst thing I've ever done. I'll, you know, I'll have to live with it for the rest of my life. But instead, you have to lie. And this is a common thing with athletes. A lot of them, because they've been told about how great they are for their whole lives, they believe their own BS. So I bet he's going to wake up this morning convinced that he knew that they were. No, he's going to see that video. He's been active on social media. He's going to have to go in there today and bite the bullet and say, you know what? After the game, I just, yeah, I I said what I said. 
I should have known. Or he, he may not say, but he should. I could have handled that situation differently. Because he defended himself last night. His own coach, we have Ty Lue defending uh, J.R. Smith last night. Did you say, or what did J.R. say to you in, in the locker room about the, the play at the end of regulation? He thought, he thought it was over. Yikes. Thought it was over. Thought it was over. He it, thought we were up one. My favorite part of Ty all Lou this. Ty says, thought they were up one. J.R. Smith says, I knew the game was tied. Yeah, I don't know if we have any of the Golden State guys reacting. Draymond, we'll get Steph everything Curry. Up for, yeah. They were laughing at their post-game press conferences. Like, yeah, idiot forgot the score. Like, Well, they were laughing at the time it happened. They, they On the wide shot, they came out. And there's Le- you know, LeBron is is out of his mind. LeBron is pointing at the clock. He's pointing at J.R. Smith, and Smith is saying, uh, "It was you know I thought we were ahead." But you can see on the sideline Steve Kerr turning to an assistant or another Golden State player, and he's just he's laughing his ass off on the sideline. Like what 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 did this moron just do? What did this idiot just do? And maybe I, I think Ty Lue goes on to say, "Oh, maybe he would have missed the layup." But yeah, he would have. It's J.R. Smith. He would have missed. But the, the defensive of afterwards, I, I guess you could do that. Uh, he didn't want to do that. He was he was trying to – he lied to the media. He said he thought the game was, was tight. He had, he had no idea where the game was at that point. And he made a monster mistake. And it, it, for big big picture, it, it it is something he will never live down. Like, no. I, I think when people think of Chris Webber, I think the first or second thing they think of Chris Webber is that timeout. The same thing now for J.R. Smith. Is it going to be J.R. Smith is that dummy who smokes a lot of weed and has a lot of memes on the internet? And, oh, yeah, he forgot the score in game one of the NBA Finals. I wouldn't let Ty Lue totally off the hook on this one. I agree. I agree. I agree. A, have your players make sure they know the situation. A prepared coach does that. B, Brad Stevens, and maybe this isn't fair because there were, what, three seconds, four seconds No, no, left. but it's a good, it's a good but point. But Brad Stevens, I'm guessing there's a good chance he would have called a timeout as soon as that ball start, got dribbled out. He'd be like, timeout, timeout, timeout. We're putting, you know, because we've seen him call timeouts in the middle of I'm for, plays. Before. I'm forgetting the series. It, I don't know if it was the Eastern Conference final, the Eastern Conference semifinal, where they had a play late. They got the ball to Horford in the post. Horford had position on the post. Brad Stevens called timeout. And they ended up getting a better, they got a, I think it was a Marcus Morris bucket after that. But while they had the ball in the post, and even after the fact, Stevens said, you know, I, I wish I probably shouldn't have called timeout there. They still scored in the next possession. But Stevens didn't like what he saw. It was the final seconds of a possession or a game uh, or a quarter. He called timeout. I'm completely with you. That's why I want to circle back to Ty Lu. He should have called timeout there. Like J.R. Smith is saying LeBron was calling a timeout. Draymond Green says afterwards, you know, we thought they're getting the ball to LeBron. And, and Ty Lue's got to step on the court with one timeout left. And the minute that J.R. Smith starts circling it back up, you call timeout exactly. and you take the You're ball out helpless. of J.R. Smith's hands. This is why we this pushback against you know Ty Lue being a bad coach now the last couple of days, right? You have all this time between the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals, and these dumb moron national guys are all doing this thing. Well, Ty Lue's not that bad. Brad Stevens is really good, but Ty Lue's not that bad. That was a terrible call by Ty Lue. One, not to make sure his guys knew the situation, and two, not to take the ball out of J.R. freaking Smith's hands at that situation of the game and use your last timeout. Don't let him dictate What's going to happen in game one of the NBA Finals? You co- you're the coach. If you see something bad, call the timeout in that spot. Yeah, and let's, and let's just go back to the Celtics without any of their best players making it to game seven of the conference finals. 
That's a Brad Stevens production right there. I don't care what anybody no doubt. says. No doubt. And then you get a better. Well, well, I, don't, I don't even know if I could say it's a better team, but you get Cleveland in the final, certainly with a better, not a better superstar team. Better player, player, not a better team. Better player, but a worse coach, and that's the kind of stuff that happens. And they should have, could have, would have won that game. LeBron was uh, tremendous. Uh, his third quarter, uh, the Warriors should have uh pulled away by 15, 20 points in the third quarter, but LeBron was tremendous, 12 points. He carried Cleveland in that uh, that third quarter. He wanted no part of this conversation after the game. Now, he showed up. I don't know if we can tweet out the picture, Chris. Uh, he showed up in suit shorts in the postgame, like legit. He's wearing a suit, jacket, shirt, tie. He's wearing suit shorts. Oh, I didn't see that. I oh, just saw him is, sitting at the It podium. is a brutal look, and he stands up as his power walk-up, but... Let's play the back and forth of him and ESPN's Mark Schwartz, where this is the last question, lengthy press conference. He's asked a couple different times about the end of the game and J.R. Smith, and by the end of it, he wanted no part of trying to explain what J.R. Smith was going on in his mind in the final couple of minutes. LeBron, Mark Schwartz, ESPN. From listening to everybody's reaction to the play at the end with J.R. getting the rebound, there's still confusion about whether J.R. thought the game was tied or, the way, or whether he thought you guys were ahead. From where you stood okay, on the court and from talking to him after the play, what what's your reaction to it? What's your version? What do you mean, what's my version? Well, did he think that the game was tied, or did he think that you guys had it salted away? How do I know that? Or did you discuss it at all with him at the end of the play? No. They asked me if I talked to JR about it. I said no already. I knew it was a tie game. We, met, we, we was down one. Um, George Hill went up. He made the first one. We got the offensive rebound. You know, I thought we were all aware of what was going on. That's my view. So I don't know what JR was thinking. I don't know the question that you're trying to ask. I was just trying to see if you, you knew exactly what his state of mind was. Did he think that you guys had it won, or did he think he was trying to make a play? I'm no. not sure. What do you mean? I'm not sure. No, I don't know his state of mind. Did you know if he knew the score? And scene. That is LeBron picking up his sunglasses, his man purse, and walking off the podium after game one of the NBA Finals. And to be honest, in this case, uh, I don't think the questions were – the questions are very fair by Schwartz. I get the frustration with LeBron, and they're showing the video again where he he does the the huge eye roll, like the the, the bleep you eye roll to J.R. Smith in that spot. Normally, you, you mock a guy for showing up his teammates. In this case, it's warranted. And I get the walk-off there at the end by LeBron because he's sick of having to answer questions for a player that clearly forgot the final score. Yeah, and After he, he just, and he just played out of his mind. It was awesome. It was they awesome. have no business being in this series. They have no business being here. It shouldn't period. have been a game one. It should have and been a competitive game one. they have no one. business playing a competitive game, and they had that game one. George Hill just needs to make a free throw, and, and who knows? I mean, the Warriors probably, probably hits one from 27 at the buzzer, but if George Hill hits a free throw... They're ahead with three seconds left, so that goes wrong. He's like, I'm carrying you guys. You can't make a free throw. Then J.R. Smith, who he has carried to a title already, makes the you know one of the worst boneheaded plays ever. And LeBron's like, I, what more can I do with you idiots? And even if you watch that play, he gets the rebound. LeBron is begging for the ball. He doesn't give it to him. He then points to the corner. Well, at least get it to Hill because he's somewhat open. Then he's trying to call timeout. It's like I have to do everything. LeBron had to coach. He had to. I mean, he had to. He had to scold. He had to do everything on that play. Uh, he, he was. LeBron was tremendous. The walk off, the suit shorts, all that stuff. Notwithstanding, he was awesome last night. If he continues to play like this in the series, 
You're going to lose in five. They'll, they'll, they're he'll, gonna lo- he'll steal a game. The ser- after it. last, that, that was their chance. I mean, you want to talk about the series itself. They, they steal that one. It's competitive. I, mean, but I don't know. You can't. That's one of those games I don't think you bounce back from as a team. You no. had them on the road. If you get game one, you've guaranteed yourself a split. Golden State now wakes up a little bit. Kirk can reset his guys. You know, there's, Now it's definitely over in four or five. They got in that game last night, and LeBron plays like that maybe. But it's also a situation where if he continues to play like this in the series, get ready for, you know, uh, Maybe he is the best player of all time. That that's the, even if they lose in four or five games, and he's averaging forty some odd points in this series, he has more games like that. That thing's going to resurface. So that's that's one of the big. That's the probably the biggest thing will come out of last night's game. One A is going to be this block charge call on LeBron late in the game. Before it was 107-107. It was one hundred seven one hundred five. Cleveland on top. Durant to the basket. LeBron gets over late. And takes a charge. It's called a charge by one official. It's called a block by another official. So they're allowed to do this. They reviewed it. They In the final 30 seconds, goaltending, block charge. These are reviewable things you can go back and look at in the NBA Finals. They went and looked and decided that LeBron James was outside that circle. But it was a block instead of a charge. Reverse the call. LeBron went nuts. The internet went nuts. I woke up and did the timeline scroll on Twitter. Maybe you do that when you're trying to see what happened in the game. And people were losing their minds. And you folks are nuts. They got the call right. Kenny Maurer and his crew and the people in Secaucus, wherever this replay is, they got the call right. LeBron James blocked Kevin Durant. He got there late. He was still moving. You might be annoyed they reviewed it. But in my mind, it was not a charge. The guy who called it a charge got it wrong. And I had no problem. With the review process, because Jeff Green's feet were sort of right there and he didn't know exactly where he was, I have no problem with the review. I thought they got the call right. Did you think it was an egregious hate it, call? Hate it. Hate oh, it. come on. Hate it. I don't. First of all, I hate it was replay. It so late to get I there. I hate replay to begin with. I think it wrecks the flow of games. I think it takes the human element out. But the fact of the matter is... Those guys made a call on the floor. No, they didn't. One guy made a call. One guy said charge. Yeah. The other guy the, said block. The guy who was right Split there decision. made a call. And the guy at half court called it a block because you saw talk, LeBron then you, still move. Then you talk about it. But to go to replay, I think, is gutless. And the whole thing of we couldn't, we, couldn't tell, right. we couldn't tell if he was in the circle or not. BS. You couldn't. With, he was on the way, replay. He was outside the circle. There were four. If there you were four trained feet there. NBA Jeff referee, feet and LeBron's You feet. know he was outside you, the circle. You could not tell. They were afraid it, that they got it they wrong. They were not afraid that of anything. They got gutless. the call you right. You make no, the no, call no. on the floor and you stand by it. And by the way, if you watch it in super slow motion, you can say, "Yeah, LeBron was turning a little bit he as was. he got there. He was." Upper body was Durant still moving and still turning into him. barreled into him. If you call that a charge, I have no problem with that at all. Make the call on the floor and stand by it. I hate replay. I hate it so much. But, but that was not it. And and the only way they justified so that you would rather have okay was that in the circle out of the circle. Okay, but that you, was but, the justification. But once you go and look at it, everything else on the table. And they looked at it, and not only the guys on the court, the guys back in, in whatever this is, New York again. Where I don't know where the the, the replay center Secaucus. is. Secaucus. They decided. And they decided correctly he was still moving. So you would rather have them then get together as a group, talk about it, get the call wrong. Yes. Instead of getting it right yeah, in the NBA that, Finals. That's the whole that, point of replay, that John. Call, well, I it's think the whole point is pointless. It's there. That call was so close that it, it could go either times, way. But it's not pointless. You make the call and you stand by and it. I, I think that's bogus. I, if I'm Cleveland, 
they should be losing their minds oh, over that. Hit, hit a free throw, George Hill. Know the score. This was not the, yes, re- those was not the reason are, they lost. Well, wait a minute. Losing your mind. Big, I, it went the other I way. I think they, it was 104-102. I don't think it was 106. Because 107 was what was they 34 seconds got left to with the, with the George Hill free throw made at 107-107. So, but they, the point is, Cleveland was, was up two. two. They were up two. They were, they were plus up two at two, that point. Yes. And it should have been with the ball after charge, and it wasn't. And this would be like in the NFL, if you went to review a play on the sideline to see if a receiver maintained possession. And then you're like, oh, now that we're looking at it, it was actually pass interference. Like, what? No, no. no. It was the same play, though. No. Well, no, that, yeah, that's no. completely – it's a terrible analogy. No, it's not because you were looking at it to see whether he was in the no, circle or be, not. But that doesn't is why matter. they that, went But it's also – that might be why they went. The rule, the rule put in place, and Durant nailed it after the game. He had it right. Four or five years ago, they put it in place so late in the game, on close plays like this, goaltending block charge – it's reviewable. I don't care how they got there. They got I think the that's call right. Terrible. I think that is that is that is taking too much away from the officials because then why aren't we reviewing pass interference on the side? You know, it's I like, want it's like, I want pass interference review. Oh God, no, 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 yes, you no. Do. We have no. I don't want any review. I want all review in every sport eliminated. I hate review. Trust your referees. They're trained. They made a call. Live with it. That was a bang bang play. But they didn't make a call. If you one guy says charge, the guy at half court, he, he, he stay, I'll do the block thing in studio. He issues the block like this. I like doing that. Yeah. He he called the block. <laughs> That's a block. The guy right on the play called the charge. Let's hear. Get let's, together and talk about it. You don't need to go to replay and spend ten minutes staring at a little screen. I hate it. So we'll, we'll play, have the play for you, and then you'll hear LeBron who had a script ready to go when it came to this call. Make Nick Young shoot the ball if I can. Durant on the drive, slices inside, offensive foul. Block. One official calling the charge. Looked at the other, and LeBron James steps in and draws the charge on Durant. USA Today, LeBron and the referee's pool report, it was said that they had doubt as to whether you were in the restricted area, and that's why it was reviewed. Did you think you were close to the restricted area, number one? Uh, Number two, how many times have you seen when they go to review, reverse that kind of call? Like I said, I I read that play just as well as I've read any play in my career, maybe in my life. I seen the play happening, I knew I was outside the charge line, and I knew I took the hit. I don't know what else to say. And he was asked that question a couple times, and he answered the same way every single time. It was the, I saw that play the best I ever saw a play defensively in my career. He got there late. He was moving. I got no problem with it. And, and I was surprised how angry NBA Twitter was at that call. Why, how, why would They're you more be angry surprised that by than, that? It's they, like a game-changing the score play. of the game in game one of the When finals. have you ever seen there was a enough... block charge changed on review? I'm sure it's happened before. I think I'd read that I'm it sure happened, happened once before. in five yeah. years. Okay. And so, so you're going to pull that out in the finals? Yes, because no the, you, you're, way. Tr- you're trying no to get way. it right in the biggest stage. That's yes. awful. That is awful. If that happened to your team, you would be... Beside yourself, but in this right case, now. but this is and why. And by the way, can wrong. they in review case, the block charge, or is it just that they review in circle, out of circle, and only then? No, block can charge they say, is reviewable. It's one of the four or five things that's now reviewable. I at thought the end they of games. could only review. I thought they went to the review to see if he was in the circle, and then they were like, I mean, the "Oh, now that went. we're here, we yeah. can do this." I don't uh, that, see that to me is gutless because they knew he wasn't in the see, circle. But you just said it they happened to it. my team in this series. I'm sorry, LeBron James and the Cavs are my team. I would love for them to beat the Warriors. I hate. The Warriors. They're annoying. They're smug. They've ruined the NBA to an extent. 
So I am sorry, Rich Keith, Mikey Adams. I'm rooting for LeBron yeah, same here. in this series, okay? So you say my team, it would have been better for my team, my guys. Yeah, but you're not get living that call and dying last night. with the Cavs. There's a difference between, yeah, I hope LeBron wins because I hate the if Warriors versus If you were plus 12 Celtics. last night with the Cavs, you might have been living and dying <laughs> with the Cavs. How did you just barely cover in overtime? Uh, oh, you did get there. It was 10, right? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not saying I did. I'm saying if, if it were legal. Yeah, no. I mean, personally. No, I'm talking about anyone in Vegas who legally could have placed a bet. See, and I'll, Just I, like a friend of mine didn't see the thing I posted about LeBron's over-under in Game 7 being 38 points and bet the under and then sweat out his 35 or 37-point Game 7, whatever. It was the it was. highest ever, right? Yeah, it was the highest over-under ever, and, and he took the under, and I'm like, I think you're crazy. He's going he's gonna to score like 30 oh, even, in the first half. You even half. tweeted something like that. Yeah. During the game, like, oh, they should have said it higher than 38. See, I follow you on Twitter. Yeah. I don't talk, I don't, I've never been on the radio with you in months. No. But no. I still follow you on Twitter. Look at these more people. I haven't given the phone number out, and people are lining up to tell me how wrong I am. Good luck, folks. You, you are, you're you going to tell me? Oh, because this is the this will be the uh, the pro-LeBron callers calling in, the, the LeBron supporters. I am rooting for LeBron. The NBA, one, got it right, and two, I'm glad they called the replay in that spot. If you're a Ugh. Celtic fan, you should want replay available in case your team's ever in a position where they have a split decision on the court, they go to replay and get it right. 617-779-7937, the phone number. Are you going to agree with John Tomasi on this? John NBA Tomasi. Were you in the replay booth of those guys last night? Seriously. Don't defend. I was asleep. They don't need defense. 617-779-7937, the phone number. It was the big event last night besides Dale and play-by-play. At this point in the show, it's now become uh, sort of complex. We asked Chris Curtis. Who's here? What else we have today on the show? Chris, good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. Well, we have a Stephen A. rant on J.R. Smith, which is pretty darn good. I just rolled that in. And we have, a, uh, I think, a pretty epic headline today. I've got like, 10 stories ready to rifle through at 730. Uh, that's pretty solid show, I think. That's all we have. We'll, we'll, we'll use that. Anything else? That's it? Those two? Well, we, I mean, that's what we're going to do next. We'll hear from Stephen A. We'll hear from Stephen A. We'll hear from the moron callers who want to agree with Tomasi. It's uh, Mutt and Tomasi in for Kirk and Jerry, and we will get to at some point, probably later next hour, the curious case of John Tomasi being here today. I get the feeling that there was an arm twisted to get Tomasi here in <laughs> little, studio. Little, not as limber as I used to be, a little we, sore. We will address that as well, Kirk and Callahan. <laughs> that equation by going to the videotapes and reviewing it and overturning a call that clearly is not that decisive. I think when you're the greatest player in the world, when you're having a spectacular night in the NBA Finals like this, with a call that is that close that can influence the balance in this series, it's simply a call you don't overturn. So that's number one. That was Stephen A. after the game. He was ranting about it. It's like everybody else today. They don't want to get the call right. You know, so they called it a block. You would have been okay with it. Just leave it the way it was. So that that's the Wait, problem. Charge. If they, if they called it a charge, if they called no. If they had initially called it, if if the lead official yes, next, if they to had it, initially called it a block. By the way, they called it two different on things. They called it two different things. Huddle but they called and it a decide block. it on the floor. Do not decide it on replay. Like that's not how having a un, basically it's either unprecedented or it had happened once before. I don't want something like that, a block charge being overturned in the finals for the first time or the second time. That's garbage. I'm okay with it, one, because it was the right call, and two, that's what replay is there for. We disagree. I mean, I, I'm that with you. game we, should have been decided on the floor. I'll what, go with Stephen A. on that You want to sit here and bag on replay in, like, baseball where they do that dumb thing where the guy slides a centimeter off the, the second base bag? 
and they replay for four minutes in the second inning of a game yeah, in April. I would abolish that's all stupid. Replay. I would get rid of that today. But in this case, basketball replay. Basketball replay is every bit as bad as other sports, where they're constantly checking flagrant one, flagrant two. You have referees who are trained to look at this stuff and see it in real time. Make a call and they stick don't, with they it. They don't get it right. That's why replay is there. That's good, that no, because where I mean, whatever. This is a boring conversation. But it, where it do is. you draw? Where do you draw that line? We'll get That's to the other the, part. It, it, you're right. Bob in the Cape though wants to weigh in. Bob, go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning, Bob. Uh, I'm not a huge basketball fan to begin with, and it's okay. tough to follow Stephen A. So, um, I I do not. First of all, I'm not in favor of replay. I think they should get rid of it in all sports. But to make that call, I think it was definitely a block. I don't think he had established any position. And he was definitely moving when there was contact. So as far as I'm concerned, they got the play right <laughs> with the block, not with the charge. And I, I think they should get rid of all replay in all sports. Bob, is that uh, the smartest call we'll get today? Because you agree with me. Thanks for the call. Uh, they probably won't, agrees with me. They won't get, get a replay. replay. They'll have some sort of... Well, the NBA does this thing where people get all worked up. They had the report the next day, right? They'll go through all the calls. See, I think that's so- dumb, too. The report is so dumb where it's like so-and-so should have been called for traveling. Well, they it's pat like, themselves well, in the back. You never like, call oh, anyone for us. traveling. We- so don't act like suddenly never Marcus it. Smart shuffled his feet on an entry pass. It should have been a travel. Like, that never gets called. So and, stop. And it. they take such pride in it. Like, oh, look at us. We're transparent. We look. Well, we didn't change the call. Yeah, but I, I don't think Who it cares? does the officials any favor either because it's like within a game, officials will sort of decide. It's like a strike zone. They'll decide what pace they want to let guys play at. And we're going to let this kind of call, we're going to let it go because these guys are – It's it hasn't gotten to a point where we need to intercede in the game. And then after the fact, they'll be like, well, that should have been a touch foul on so-and-so. Well, they hadn't called that foul all game, so no, it shouldn't have been. Uh, let's hear Stephen A. continue his rant on uh, J.R. Smith, who will be the big topic today, I'm sure. I don't really know – what words I can describe that are fit for FCC airwaves <laughs> uh, to now. explain the, the the tragic decisions by J.R. Smith. I'm mm-hmm. talk, you talk about a sleep at the wheel. I got to tell you something right now. That is as, as inexcusable of a mistake as you can possibly make. It's not like it was in the throes of action. You are at your George Hill. You're at the free throw line. You have an opportunity to take a deep breath pause, collect your thoughts and what have you. And still standing at the free throw line where he was inexplicably not boxed out, he grabs an offensive rebound and runs out as if trying to run the clock out because he thinks they have the lead. It was such a dumb play, and it's just going to sound obvious over and over again, but the more you watch it, the dumber it looks. Like People are going to compare it to Chris Webber today, I guess. Uh, Chris Webber was a college kid. End of game. J.R. Smith is a what, is he eight, nine, ten year veteran. Yeah. In the NBA, he's been in a million of these spots. Has paid millions of dollars to know that the game is tied there. You don't, <laughs> you don't come back from that if you're J.R. Smith. No, I mean just look up at the <laughs> scoreboard before he shoots the last free throw. Oh, like, even the Teddy what Bruschi an idiot. Dude, Teddy Bruschi tweeted situational checklist in any sport. What's the score? How much time? What if we make or miss? How many timeouts? Lack of awareness. It's true. It's like across any sport. The most basic thing is know what the score is. And he didn't, and the coach didn't step in and call a timeout, which he could have there. And and it, it, erase, it, it doesn't erase the effort by LeBron, but it is this meaningless now sort of 51-point game. They should have won the game. They should have been in a, a situation where they're up one nothing in this series. And if they win with LeBron going for 50, 
you start to convince yourself. I do at least. All right. Well, maybe they they can stretch this thing out to six games. Yeah, maybe, they take him back. Home maybe court, seven if games. Else. They, they've they've already they've earned themselves the split. And now off of this, there's no way. Ment- you saw an overtime last night. They were dead. There was no way they're coming back from that. They were mentally exhausted. The 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 disappointment of what had happened there at the end of the game. You saw it in LeBron's body language uh, in that overtime after being dominant uh, throughout the course of that game. You saw it in the other players. I, if if they had a really, really, really good coach, John, you'd say maybe that guy can get them back on track for game two. They have Ty Lue, who is uh, you know suggesting after the game that J.R. Smith, well, I'm going to miss the layup anyway. No big deal. I, they're, you're mentally done. You're dead. What is it? Uh, Pete Shepard's old line. Psychologically damaged after that game last night if you're the Cavaliers. And now this is... We're destined for a four or five game series. Yeah. Any, any threat of this thing being competitive got thrown out the window when J.R. Smith forgot how much time was left. If you're Cleveland, you can't you can't lose that game. You just can't because you already know going into the series you're going to get blown out at least twice. You have to win every close game in the series. That one was there for the taking. You just gave it away. J.R. Smith has been the NBA for thirteen bleeping years. Yeah, I'm completely. You can't compare. You can't even compare it to. Uh, you know, Chris Webber, because of the age involved here. Yes, that was stupid. He's a college kid. There were also people on his bench doing timeout, timeout. Do you ever see the video of that with Webber where they isolate the camera on two people on the bench who are jumping up and down? So he looks at the bench. Is there one coach and one player? Yeah, Yeah. it's one of each. They're calling timeout. So you're going to hear that dumb comparison today. It doesn't fit. When, when, when you think about the age of these two and how long they've been playing basketball when they made those decisions. 14.2 million J.R. Smith a year. And he, and he dribbles the ball out like the happiest guy in the world. You set it off the air. Like you, the, the change from him getting that rebound, the elation in his face, like, oh, we just won. I just We stole a game win. here at Oracle. Uh, we dribble this thing out. I'm, God, I'm not going to pass the ball to LeBron because I want the ball at the end. I want to go to the free throw line, hit some free throws to end this game to... I, I thought we were. Yeah, and to gutlessly not just own it, just own it, because everyone knows what you did. You said it to LeBron. How does LeBron feel now? Not only do I have to watch you blow the game and I have to leave my press conference because I don't want to embarrass you. I wonder if LeBron knew that J.R. Smith had already told reporters. No, I knew I knew it was tied. Like, do you take the, you would take that the pressure off the re- Yeah, you take the pressure off the rest of the team. J.R. said what he said. Like, if you, at that point... What J.R. Smith did was put LeBron and his teammates in this position where they've got to answer for J.R. Smith's stupidity. It's different, but, you know, uh, like in baseball, a guy makes an error. Like I think Cora talked about this. You're supposed to stick around and, and earn up for your error, right? Like I, I, I'll be in the locker room. J.R. Smith didn't do that. He made LeBron and these guys answer question after question about the, the time because he lied and everyone knew he lied. And what they were trying to do, Mike, Mark Schwartz included, they're trying to get the other players to admit that J.R. Smith lied. That, yeah, yeah, he knew the score. He's just lying afterwards. Uh, Team LeBron was at it after the game, and LeBron was furious. We know that. Brian Windhorst telling us just how furious LeBron was in the postgame. I've seen a lot of finals losses for LeBron. I've never seen him so angry. He was furious. Now, I can't furious. say what he was, what he said when he was not on microphone, but I'll just say that LeBron felt like they got the wrong end of the stick tonight, just a lot more stronger than that. Not because of J.R. Smith. I know that everybody in the world is going to make fun of J.R. Smith, and he deserves yeah. a certain amount of it for sure. Not at George Hill and Mr. Free Throw. They're angry at the block charge call reversal. Oh, they feel like by the letter of the law, it may have been right, but by the spirit of the law, it wasn't. I've never seen Ty Lue so upset. He was furious. Uh, he 
basically he left immediately after his press conference, didn't talk to anybody, put his headphones on, and immediately went to the bus. It's going to take the Cavs two days to get over that call, and I don't think that they're going to like it as it goes on, and they, and they watch it more times on replay. Isn't that, that, that's the image of a terrible leader. Like, you're the head coach. I get a player doing that, but a coach leaves the press room, puts his headphones on, and sulks to the, lock, the, the bus? Yeah. You, like, okay, you think Brad Stevens is doing that? Knowing what you know about Brad Stevens or knowing what you know about uh, you know, Phil Jackson, great coach. Are they slumping to the locker room with their headphones on after that? No chance. No chance. And the Celtics had a couple of games in Cleveland where the calls just clearly went against them and there was big free throw disparity and whatever. And Stevens was asked about the officials and there was no way he was addressing that. You know, I don't talk about officials. They have a hard job. You know, I thought they had a good game tonight. It was even both, whatever, you know, he's two days to get over it. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> but that's that, you know, that's the, that is sort of highlights oh, they, what LeBron what is dragging to the finals. He is dragging this overmatched group starting with his head coach and definitely including his shooting, his tatted up shooting guard. Do you and, think, as Winhorse just said, that he's not mad at J.R. Smith? I mean, LeBron no is chance. absolutely no. but, but do I, do I think he said that to Winhorse? Like, oh, you know, it's not J.R.'s fault. I'm sure he's irate at him. You saw in the court, he looks at him like you do an eye roll. I was going to say it like a kid, but you wouldn't even do it that way. Like an, an eye roll at someone you don't like at work. Like so you're, you live in the cube life, right? And boss comes in, uh, TPS reports are due. He walks away and you give him the eye roll. Like what the F? That's what. Yeah, except he did this one in his face. He did right, right in his face in front of everybody. So th- 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 Chris is right. Windhorse going over the top to, to sort of defend J.R. Smith and make LeBron look like a good guy is classic Windhorse. We all know he's mad at J.R. Smith. The yeah, but Windhorse knows that too. Look at the side. There's that great picture of, of they go to the uh, end of regulation and J.R. Smith is sitting by himself like the kid in middle school who made a bad play sitting there by himself all slumped over. The whole team hates him right now. I've seen a lot of finals losses for LeBron. I've never seen him so angry. No. <laughs> And what could he have said to Windhorse that he couldn't repeat or at least, you know, clean up for air? I mean, what could he have possibly said? Well, I won't again, share what he said. That's Windhorse now trying to show how tough, a lo- how upset LeBron is. Ooh, he, was, he said a couple four-letter words, John. He swore. I can't, the FCC would be mad. Those bleeping refs. I said those words. Yeah, he's not going to get him fined. LeBron's his meal ticket. Uh, do we have anything else from that? I think you guys said something. I think we... I think that's enough win horse for one day. Yeah, I I'm would. Done with I, the Wynhorse. only thing I would say is if there's any of the sound of the uh, Warriors laughing at J.R. Smith in their post game, like I know Draymond Green was, he's just like, dude, forgot the score. Tim's in Greenfield. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, uh, regarding the call against Le- LeBron, um, when's the last time he's taken a charge? I mean, you know, he's a man amongst boys, so uh, I think number one, you can tell the way he came into the play. Came in sideways, came in moving. Yes, yes. He, he does not know how to take a charge. So, although I don't agree with how they handled it, the call ended up right. The second thing is, is think about these refs. You know, LeBron gets every call, you know, wherever he's playing. And all of a sudden, you get the two potentially best players in the NBA colliding together. I don't think they knew what the hell to do. Yeah, I think that they, they had two guys made different calls and eventually they got it right. That's why I'm not going to sit here and bag on replay the way Tomasi and NBA Twitter did last night. Like eventually they got it right. You mentioned the, the Warriors cackling at J.R. Smith. We'll hear that coming up because they were essentially mocking a guy that makes $14 million a year to play basketball and his, his, his co-workers in this case. But his colleagues were mocking him last night. We got a bunch of other stuff to get to. Tomasi 
had his arm twisted essentially to be here. He's going to tell the story of that, and we'll talk Tomasi, Tomasi v. Kirk and Callahan next hour. We're going to do that here on the show. Uh, Tony Maserati had an amazing take on Alex Cora Martin last Maz night. Maz is back today. No, I, you know, we, we'll have, I, I, don't, I, I think I want to hear from Maz. I'm not sure if we want to have a full mutton Maz. I'll okay. explain myself coming up. And a whole bunch of other stuff we'll get to. 617-779-7937. No Kirk and Jerry. Mutt and Tomasi in for the boys. Sports Radio, WEEI. Sometimes you need a little luck. It's, you know, it's good to be lucky sometimes. So I'll, I'll take, you know, I think, you know, when he got the rebound, he probably could have laid it up. But nonetheless, you know, that's that's a part of the game, you know, being, being locked in. And, I mean, you got to know the score. That's just kind of basketball. Like, you got to know if you're winning or losing or tie. So, you know, we'll, like I said, we'll take it. And you know, sometimes it's good to be a little lucky. So, hey, Steve, cool. <laughs> it is what it is. Draymond Green last night in uh, the post game, which was covered uh, pretty extensively across the board. People want to hear what the Warriors had to say. Uh, what did LeBron have to say? J.R. Smith, Steve Kerr, Ty Lue, all amidst uh, pretty – a uh, pretty memorable game one of the NBA Finals. I said yesterday it'd be a blowout, double-digit win, and I was right. It was a double-digit win. Nothing, you called nope. it. I called it. I said no no issues at all. It's not going to be more than 12. I guess you, you felt too, pretty good about that. It's earlier Sunday. I did feel good about that. Early, kind of thing you would have put money on if kind, it were If it were illegal, illegal, you'd have a few bucks on it. Uh, Sunday's 8, so it's an hour earlier. That's helpful. I guess you tune into the first half to see if they can muster up any sort of energy mentally and physically to try to make this thing a series. I suspect now we're over and I mean it's the, the easy plays was five before the series and now it feels like a guarantee. But after that, I mean going back to Cleveland, even if they get one game at home, it's not gonna matter. It's it's the Warriors. And I and and I still stand as, as annoyed at the Warriors as a team and sort of what they mean to the NBA uh than anything else. It just it it takes the drama and the intrigue. And yes it was a good game last night, but nobody believes even after that game that the Cavs have any shot to win this series. And that's yeah. when you get to this point in the season, the championship round, it should not be this should not be this lopsided, John. No, and if you go back to last year's finals, if you remember, Golden State just blew the doors off them in games one and two, blew them up by like twenty points a game. It's not gonna matter. And that was a Cleveland team that had rolled into the playoffs. One loss, they lost the one game to the Celtics on the Avery Bradley shot, and that was it, you know, and it looked like, oh, these two juggernauts are gonna go seven games, gonna be a classic. Golden State just broke their spirit. This is almost worse because this one, you knew going in that it's going to take, you're going to have to move mountains to win this series. Score 51. And LeBron scores 51, seems to draw the charge. You're shooting free throws to win the game. You get the rebound to win the game, and you still end up losing double digits in OT. Uh, it was a brutal look. I know you guys spent a couple minutes on it uh, yesterday. Well, more than a couple minutes. When I tuned in, it was a major topic that I heard, and it'll be more uh, today on Dale and Keefe. Uh, Danny Ainge is going to join those guys at 2.30, talk about the Celtics this season and the offseason. And you guys were digging and dirty to Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart and what to do. I, I, I have to admit, I'm having a hard time mustering up the excitement to sort of discuss what Danny Ainge is going to do because we have no idea what what he is going to do. And it just feels like there are all these moves, that he makes these moves that no one ever sees coming, that he looks four or five steps ahead he looks at much bigger picture than, oh, is it smarter Rozier? And so to get like emotionally invested in, boy, what do the Celtics do now? What moves they make? It seems, it just seems 
too early to even think about. Yeah, given I that mean, Ainge just, is so many had, parts of these. You picks. had a uh, you know a concrete rumor, if that makes sense, about Mo Bamba. You know, they want, so to, they want to trade in the top five to get Mo Bamba. So, and you know, no names were attached to that. Some people had just assumed, oh, maybe it would be Jalen Brown. That's senseless to me. But but you think Dan, fine. So that's what I mean. Is Danny Ainge telling people? Days after the season, this is what they want to do. Does that sound Danny like something Ainge's Danny Ainge would do? Green dream. Yeah, that's <laughs> K Tone. Uh, does that sound like something he would do? No, he's no. never done that. He, he, if anything, he leaks stuff out. Remember, he loved Markel Fultz. That was his guy. Had to have Fultz, and he and trades I, out and takes Tatum. I hate Tatum. It too. Like a lot of the Bama stuff seemed to be simply that. Oh, like Ainge ate with him after like a pre-draft, you know. Combine work. Remember, he sat with Durant's mom in a Texas game. Well, he, he did want to take Durant, Durant so there. At least we know that. Oh, he so he wants Durant. this guy. Yeah, but, but so no one it seems like a little bit of a Mo- leap. You think anybody knows who Mo Bamba is? Like a diehard Celtics fan. Do I they do. really know who he is? I know you do because you, you're a, a, a green teamer at heart. You follow all these things. But I, I would say less than half of the the Celtics fans who tuned yeah, but in. What's the that ratings were monstrous. I mean, because it's one, it's a rumor. It's a rumor about a guy. That one nobody seems to believe, and two nobody really knows. So how can you how can you decide now? How can you talk about now with a clear head? Oh, they should do this for this guy that no one's really. Well, seen. I mean that's how the rumor okay, stuff highly works. Touted, like but... I mean that's how the rumor mill works. What do you want us to do? Just wait until they actually make a decision. I think with the Is Celtics, that how we yes, do it in talk radio. I, I think with, with with the Celtics, when it comes to this Celtic team, when it's about a draft pick and they have all these other picks backed up, I think you do unfortunately have to wait a little bit. Because Ainge has shown this track record of doing the exact opposite we all suggest for month after month of Fultz and Fultz and Fultz and Fultz and here's Tatum. And who's going to take? Who's going to take? He loves. Who is the shooter? I'm going to forget his name now. But the year they took Jalen Brown at, uh, where they took him, uh, the, the kid who scored a million points. Oh, the points. kid from Kentucky or the, Buddy Heald no, from Bu- Oklahoma? Oh, he loves Buddy Heald. Yeah. Buddy, Buddy Heald's there. Oh, they got to score the points. The point guard for – oh, they'll take the kid from Providence. They'll yeah, move Chris around. Dunn. He takes Jason. They were never tied into Jalen Brown. Like, this is just the, the Danny Ainge thing. And he's on with the guys this afternoon, and he'll be good. And he'll talk about the I mean, they were tied honest to Jalen Brown. Everyone was talking about, oh, he made 79 three-pointers and yeah, you know, but blah, not, blah, blah, blah. Like, but he, it, was, we're, he we're, was, was one of the names. There was more Buddy Heel buzz than anything. That yeah, because right? oh, knew who he was. They need a score. They can defend already, but they get this college kid, Buddy Heel, to come in here and score. That was guy. He loved Buddy. Oh, then pff, right there. <laughs> there you See? go. Now then you they, know. they probably should have taken Buddy Heel. So, and I heard you guys do it yesterday. They'll do it today with Danny Ainge again today, and he's he'll be good with the guys. He just a he never tells the truth, and b every Celtics rumor feels like it's been planted by Team Ainge or Mike Zarin or one of the guys over there just to get the rumor mill going. That's yeah. what he does. I don't. But I don't, I don't see. I don't see what the problem is in engaging in that. Stuff. I will be listening today at two thirty six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. The phone number. Uh, I know that uh, Chris, Chris Curtis said an epic. Edition of headlines. He set the bar very, very high. Uh, so that will come up this hour. Later in this hour, I, we will get to John Tomasi. I want to call it Tomasi v. Kirk and Callahan. But there is a. It's been a while since you've been here. Not uh, my choice, by the way. You were scheduled to be here on Tuesday. You weren't here. Now you're here today. When up until yesterday at about nine forty-five, we didn't know you'd be here. So there's some show stuff to get to, which I want to do in the seven o'clock hour. But we heard from a ranting and raving lunatic. On a bunch of sports topics yesterday. That guy is back with a blazing take on Alex Core that we have to hear. And we'll do it next year, Kirk and Callen.